Hello, welcome to this Thursday night evening episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I'm your host, Hunter Hodes. Follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. Follow the show's Twitter at LO underscore Penguins. Uh, we have, I guess, a little more to get to today besides the uh, the bracket polls, which are almost officially in. Um, one of the uh, polls has actually decided that it's going to go to overtime because a vote came in for um, the 2-3 matchup for the New Jersey Devils at the last minute to put it to 50-50. So, um, because of that, I'm going to put a one-hour overtime. I think I believe I started this just a couple minutes before this recording, so we're not going to have that result um, by the time uh, this recording's finished. I could have done a 30-minute overtime, but you know what? I'll just do an hour because I did that for the first round when there were some overtimes. I'm not going to change that and be biased. Um, we did have a little NHL media conference call today with some NHL players. Sidney Crosby was on it. We'll have uh, we'll talk about his comments and what he had to say about what he's been doing. Um, since the NHL has went on hiatus, as has basically every ma- major sport across North America, as how this has basically just halted everyone's everyday life. We'll have, like I said, we'll have that come in. Heck, I may even talk about the. Uh, I did. I finally watched the Penguins Red Wings uh, 2009 game in in full today. Uh, I have not watched that whole game um, overall since the 2009. Of course, the Stanley Cup championship run. Yeah, I, I, that is a really fun fact about me. I have not actually spat down. In two hours. I know the game's on YouTube somewhere, or you know, you can find someone can probably find it online, but I actually have not before today sat down and watched the full two, two and a half hours of the game. I was really glad I did because I definitely did miss some things. I'll definitely talk about what I noticed and everything about that um, in a seg- in a future in a segment for this episode. Jeez, I'm already stuttering again. But um to start off, we have our results for our three of our brackets. I'm um, a major Major, major upset for our first matchup. Pittsburgh, Minnesota, 91 Stanley Cup final has been upset. The first number one seed has gone down to the Pittsburgh-Washington 2016 series. The number 12 seed gets to the final four of the best Penguin playoff series in their franchise history. A pretty substantial uh, victory too, 75% to 25% in favor of that. So definitely did not see that coming, but I can see why uh, some viewers would go there as... Um, you know, that series was just epic in a lot of ways, you know, potentially even more epic than Pittsburgh's uh, first Stanley Cup uh, final championship. Though I would argue that they were more just better moments um, in, in the number one seeds. But, you know, that's that's why we're doing this. And that was a really big upset. The next matchup, you know, the Pittsburgh-Columbus 2014 Cinderella story, the 14th seed. Their run finally came to an end as it lost to the 7th seed Pittsburgh-Tampa Bay 2016 series. 87% of you guys voted for that. Um, Definitely not a surprise there. I figured the Cinderella run would potentially end to a series that went seven games and was so big um, for the Penguins 2016 run and just how they played that entire series. So the first Final Four matchup will be the number 12 seed Pittsburgh-Washington 2016 series against the number seven seed Pittsburgh-Tampa Bay 2016 um, Eastern Conference Finals. So yes, the 2016 will be represented in the national championship for this bracket. Just not sure which one it's going to be. You know, I actually this is actually really hard uh, for me personally to vote on because I'm not really sure which one I would even vote for. They're both just so epic in so many ways. So I'm really curious to see what you guys think for that. And then over on the other side, the number one seed Pittsburgh Detroit 2009 Stanley Cup Final, another substantial victory. They move on to the Final Four. Um, they that series takes out the Pittsburgh San Jose 2016 Stanley Cup Final. So. So three Stanley Cup final, I mean three Stanley Cup final, three um, 2016 series were represented in the Elite Eight. Uh, two of them uh, do move on, but the one that loses out is the 2016 Stanley Cup final. Again, 
84% for Pittsburgh, Detroit as the number one seed. Just complete domination. And they will meet the winner of the the, the Pittsburgh-Chicago 92 Stanley Cup Final and the Pittsburgh-New Jersey 99 Series. Um, so are we going to have a one versus two matchup in the Final Four or is it going to be a one versus three um, this is going to be pretty interesting so far. Um, with the overtime in, four, four votes in just so far, uh, about 10 minutes into the poll. Pittsburgh, Chicago, 92. Stanley Cup final um, is up uh, 75% to 25%. So, again, yeah, so three out of four votes have gone to the 92 Stanley Cup final. Um, we'll see if we potentially need a double overtime, which we would shrink it to 30 minutes, or if we will only need. Um, one overtime. If we just keep being tied, I'm just going to shorten the polls. Just keep less, you know, less and less and less and less. So, um, yeah. So, like I said, three of the results are in. Um, I think if I had to make a wager, I think you guys will probably vote for Pittsburgh, Detroit to go to the national championship. Um, I would be a little surprised if it lost to the 92 Stanley Cup final or the 99 series. But um, I, I, I was not surprised, though, by how much people love the 99 series just because of how instrumental it was in Penguins history with how, like I've said so many times this week, it saved the franchise um, at least once with Yarmir Yager's heroics in Game 6 against the Devils. Not only the tying goal, but um, the game-winning goal um, was in, uh, in overtime. I believe the pass was from what Marty Straka. Uh, to Yager and just beat Broder, just a beautiful play. And then, of course, in Game 7, they were able to beat the Devils there as well with uh, more um, of Yarmir Yager's heroics because, um, yeah, Yarmir Yager is completely awesome, and we will always stand Yarmir Yager in the city of Pittsburgh. But, um, yeah, so it's this overtime is going to be pretty interesting. Let's see if any more. Um, so more result, a couple more votes have come in, and now it's at a more wide 83%. For the Pittsburgh Chicago 92 Stanley Cup final, over 16% for the Pittsburgh New Jersey. So I believe that's five of the six votes so far have gone to Pittsburgh Chicago. So it's looking good for that series right now to come out on top in the overtime and will challenge Pittsburgh Detroit uh, for 2009 Stanley Cup final. So we could see another Stanley Cup final match in the final four and then the, the awesome uh, final four matchup between the two tw- series in 2016 with Pittsburgh Washington, the six game. Thriller with Nick Benito's overtime winner versus the Pittsburgh-Tampa series where they won Game 7 by a score of 2-1 to one, thanks to um, Brian Rust's heroics. I do want to say, though, um, before we do get the Final Four matchups uh, started and before we finish this overtime, I really do appreciate all of you taking part in this. Um, this was I, I loved coming up with this idea with Cam. Um, he's been actually – he was pretty surprised that the uh, Pittsburgh-Minnesota series didn't end up going down, but then – he also said that he all, he was not surprised that Pittsburgh Detroit uh, for 2009 that number one seed is alive and well because yeah I mean it is that has crushed the competition I knew that was easily one of the final four um, best series um, in Penguins history just the way it was and especially after watching that game seven today you can you can just really really easily see it um, but yeah so that's the update on the brackets um, we'll have the final four votings uh, after this podcast. And yeah, well, this is going to be awesome. I can't wait to see what you guys vote for um, for the final four. So today, at 3 p.m., I decided to, you know what? I'm going to turn on the Penguins-Red Wings Game 7 Stanley Cup final game. And you know what? I'm going to watch it through and through uh, just to see what I've missed over the years. Um, And I decided to live tweet it. So um, I remember just so watching the start of the game, like I said, I was live tweeting it. 
man, did the Penguins start bad. Just barely any shots in the opening five to six minutes. Uh, Detroit was basically bullying them. You kind of expected it with the way Joe Louis Arena was just hopping um, at the beginning of that game. It was Everyone was standing. A massive Let's Go Red Wings chant was uh, started probably, I think, every 10 to 20 seconds. It, it had to have been. It had to have been that because, um, you know, everyone was standing. You know, I'm, I'm kind of glad that the Red, the Red Wings don't play in Joe Louis Arena anymore. Because good grief, man. I mean, you can't even really see anything if someone just stands up because I think the camera, it's at such a level that, you know, if fans stand up, like I said, you you just, you can barely see the screen as in other arenas. It really doesn't matter. No one really cares. But an arena like that, that's like an old school hockey barn, you know, it's also like that kind of at the Nassau Veterans Memorial Coliseum. But um, I'd also wager that that place is a dump. You know, don't even get me started on the Nassau Veterans Memorial Coliseum in um, Uniondale, New York. Uh, that place is just a complete and utter tire fire. That place is not an NHL arena. I, I, I've i said this a lot over my time on this podcast. I could probably spend 20, 25 minutes of a full episode talking about how much I hate the Nassau Coliseum because it is just a massive crap hole. But um, in any case, yeah, I mean, the Joe is always an icon, though. It's just such a great arena, but... You know, it, it it's time had come because, like I said, the, the, these fans were just standing up all the time, and it just it blocked the view. It was it was that bad. Um, other things I noticed, you know, had a little bit of a funny tweet. Yeah, you know, it looked like when Pierre was interviewing people, he legit has not aged in eleven years, and it it shows. I mean, I know it's Captain Obvious here. I sound like probably Booger McFarlane from Monday Night Football, who. who is not someone you really want to follow, but considering that he states way more obvious things than what probably I just stated. But um, yeah, that man has not aged a single day in 11 years. He looks exactly like he did back in 2009 as he does now in 2020. It's actually a little bit scary. Um, he just he does the same old crap that he did 11 years ago. I mean, if it ain't broke, don't fix it, I guess. Um, I think there was that time where he's like, oh my God, there's, there's Ray Shiro in the box. There's Mario Lemieux up there. He just blurts out the most blatant, obvious things. It's like, okay, Pierre, you just, he goes from one thing to another, one thing to another. It was just, it was really funny to, um, to keep track of that. Um, also I did tweet, uh, tweet about this too. You know, we, uh, yes, the Cronewall clean hits that were legal back in 2009. Um, that big hit that he put on Maxime Talbot where he basically left his feet to do it. Uh, Talbot a little shaken up on the play, but got up right after. And of course went on to be a hero, but yeah, everyone loved those hits. Uh, you know, the game like back then, 11 years ago, if that game was played today, it would honestly not really, um, it just, it would not be good because, there's a, there were so many different rules back then, and like the way the game was played, it just would not work today in 2020. And um, that, those Cronwall hits are a big example. You were not you would not get away with that in today's league. There's just no chance. His hits were a little. Uh, at times they were clean, you know, but he would leave his feet a lot, and the the Cronwall term would get you know, put in everyone's head and it was like, oh my god, he had the textbook definition of a clean hit. Well, I honestly wouldn't say that, especially um, in today's NHL. To say the least, but um, then of course for the first goal, uh, Maxime Talbot, you know, poor Brad Stewart that game, he was just brutal. Um, pass goes off a skate, then right to Max Talbot, who then just embarrasses Brad Stewart, and then um, Chris Osgood opens up the wickets to make it one nothing. Um, I, I forgot how early um, in the second period that it was. Um, another interesting observation that I had, man, those Red Wings fans would just boo everything the Penguins did. I, I even said, you know, it's 
on borderline Montreal levels of bad. And Montreal gets really, their fans get really, really bad in the playoffs when, um, just when a player uh, touches uh, their team's player, boo! Oh my God, one of their players falls. Boo! Where's the penalty? It, it was almost like that. Um, in the game for the Red Wings fans, where they were just booing um everything. But you know, there were obviously weren't going to be a lot of penalties called because it's Game Seven of the Stanley Cup Final. The game was officiated way different back then than it is now. Um, I still think it maybe be a little similar to how it would be officiated today, since a lot of refs don't call penalties in the playoffs anyway. But I don't think it would be. Um, that bad with all the clutching and grabbing um, that I saw the Red Wings get away with um, in this game. Um, I also, I, the one thing I did forget in this game, the one thing I did forget, when did Sidney Crosby get hurt? I knew, of course, I knew he got hurt. He didn't finish the game. He only took one shift in the third period after he got hurt in the second. I just didn't know that it was really early in the second period. And I'm talking like bef- well before the halfway point of the second period. I think there was just five, a little over five minutes were passed in the uh, first, uh, second period. And then uh, Franz and his knee buckled on when Franz and hit him. And then Crosby went out. I think it was like 535 or something like that. I just had no idea that it was that early. Just absolutely no idea and um yeah the fact that the penguins were able to win that game uh while playing without Sidney crosby for basically half of game seven uh just really really honestly nothing short of a miracle uh, um again you know brad stewart like i talked about uh, for the first goal he made that awful play then max talbot you know his uh, level only intensified with his outstanding goal um and can we also talk about chris osgood's angle on that goal Guy looks like a 1980s goalie in there. He's barely even taking up any of the net. Max Talbot probably had half of the net to shoot at. Um, and yeah, people still think Chris Osgood should go to the Hall of Fame. Um, I'm sorry, no, he really, really should not. I know the Bjorgman. Oh, I think he would have. What he would have like a few. Like I'm, I'm trying to remember how many cups he had. I think he would have what four cups um, if he would have won that. You know, no. Let, let, let's not. Let's not and say we did because. Um, he, his numbers, if you look overall, just for his regular season numbers, they're honestly not that impressive, if you ask me. But yeah, that angle that he had on that second Max Talbot goal, absolutely embarrassing. I when they showed the replay for, I just I absolutely cringe because what goaltender plays like that in 2009? Hell, you don't even see that in today's game. Every goaltender just plays so much um, bigger in the net, and then. Oh my god! Just watching, watching the third period back. I mean, I was getting nervous just watching it. It was so painful. The Penguins, they were barely getting the puck to the red line. I don't. I think they only had one shot, two shots overall for the third period. It was just turtle, turtle, turtle for the Penguins. The Red Wings were coming at them in waves. I was just stunned that they didn't give up. Um, a second goal in that period. I was surprised that they didn't. The Red Wings didn't score their first goal until what? less than 10 minutes remaining in the third period. It's just, it's nuts. Hell, I think it was actually like five minutes remaining in the, in the third period, if I remember correctly. It's just, the Red Wings were really just getting no puck luck. Marc-Andre Fleury was a menace in front of the net. The Penguins were blocking shots like it was no tomorrow. Um, you know, I, I'll still, I'll say this now. I said it back in 2009. I will forever thank the Lord for uh, that Jonathan and Erickson shot hitting off the crossbar and going out because, man, um, when I saw that happen today, and I knew when that happened because I've watched that replay probably so many times and I still get um, chills from it and get scared. Um, it comes right before the two-minute mark. Um, yeah, <laughs> they're seeing what the Red Wings fans reacted. I, I think that's 
I didn't. Of course, I didn't react like that when I saw that back live in 2009. I probably face planted, knowing myself when I was 11. But still, um, it, it, that that is a clenched butt cheek moment. Um, overall, I, I still can't believe that puck did not go in, and Flurry completely um, whiffed on it. Then, of course, as the game gets closer to the end, like I said, the pain was they just keep dumping. They're just dumping it, dumping it out, dumping it out, getting it to the red line, getting it to the, uh, the opposing team's blue line, and then. You know, Marc-Andre Fleury with the save that, you know, Walford remembered in Penguins history and then the Penguins were able to do it. And, of course, it comes off of uh, Nick Lidstrom, who is almost 40 in this game, folks. He is almost 40 years old, and yet he played that game like he was 20 years old. It is absolutely unbelievable how good Nick Lidstrom still was in that series. Hell, even in that game, he was... Easily the best defenseman I've ever grown up watching. Easily the best defenseman I think of my generation. Um, there are not many like Nick Lidstrom Hill. Um, he's definitely in my list of top five best defensemen of all time. Um, I mean, if he's not in your top five, there might be something wrong with you, in my opinion. But yeah, those are honestly just my thoughts watching it. Um, I did notice Sidney Crosby didn't start to shake hands until the very end. I kind of forgot about that a little bit. Um, I can see why I'm not maybe rubbed Red, Red Wings fans the wrong way. Um but still, I thought it was um, it's just we're, what an awesome game to watch. In fact, that was just just such a classic, and um, I'm still surprised they won that game. Hell, hell, let alone won that series and took after going down 0-2, took four of the next five against that Red Wings team, which was um, easily one of the best teams of the salary cap era. I just I could not believe it. All right, so for this last segment of the Pe- uh, Locked On Penguins podcast, I guess we'll talk about what Sidney Crosby said in a media teleconference call today. Um, to, I think, a bunch of media, then I think an NHL Department of Communications um, PR person, I believe. But apparently, Sidney Crosby is still in Pittsburgh. You know, he's just been been in his house, you know, spending time with his family and all that. Um, I was actually a little surprised to hear that he is still in Pittsburgh. I thought for sure he would have went back to Cole Harbor to be um, with his mom and dad and everyone up there since um, I know that's where his family is from. I know that's where his, um, of course, that's where his offseason home is. So, yeah, I was a bit surprised to hear that he's still in Pittsburgh. But, you know, I guess... Um, his routine doesn't change as he probably still thinks that this is in season that I guess he still thinks that, um, you know, he, he uses that as basically just like a summer off season, um, only house. Um, I love one of the questions was today, you know, apparently someone asked if he was stuck in quarantine with one teammate, who would he pick? He said he would pick Crystal Tang, who serves as the Penguins player rep. Um, apparently Crosby's quote, um, I actually, I watched it back then. I saw his transcribe. He said, I feel like he's in, you know, he'd get all the info first. I would have a better sense of what's going on if I was stuck with him. And uh, Crosby, by the way, uh, by being stuck with Crystal Tang, he would also get to spend time with his um, outstanding son, Alexander, who uh, I'm sure would absolutely bully Crosby. Um, he would, honestly, I could see Sandy just getting tired of him because Alexander just seems like a riot and he just seems like a massive um, troll as well for um, other things that he said. Apparently, uh, Crosby said he's doing his best uh, to stay professional with limited resources. Um, apparently, he said he has a bike, you know, push-ups. Um, kind of old, he said it's basically kind of old school at this point, whatever you can get done, you get done. Um, these quotes come from Mike DeFabo, uh, De um, who writes for the Peng- writes about the Penguins for the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. Um, other things, uh, apparently, so, uh, he was asked about what he would like to see the season resume, like what I, what idea he would push forward. He said the more games, the better, but he also said, I would not mind starting right away with the playoffs. There's a lot of guys in different situations. The more games you can play, the better when it comes to the integrity of any free thing. So did find that quote pretty interesting from Crosby, as I guess, you know, he really doesn't care if they go straight to playoffs. I also did see today that, um, 
one of the Penguins are tribals, Alex Ovechkin, who said that, you know, he, he agrees with Crosby that he really wouldn't mind if uh, the season started right away with the playoffs. He just honestly wouldn't mind it. Apparently, uh, during this layoff, another interesting quote, Crosby said he's basically been binge-watching an F1 documentary series on Netflix during uh, the quarantine period and the hiatus. So um, good to see that Sidney Crosby is basically Netflix and chilling by himself at home, um, you know, probably with his... Um, Dog as well. I do remember that he has that um, 14-year-old uh, Sam. Uh, if you guys listened to that podcast that he had over the summer um, where he went on, I think it was with uh, Ryan Whitney or whatever, he just he, ta- he told an awesome story about that dog and how he first got it when he was still living at Mary Lemieux's house. I still, kinda, I still can't believe that that dog um, still there today all these years later. So I think he's probably going to be 15. So um, that dog has lived quite a life. Hopefully he keeps uh, living his best life. I'm trying to find if there were any other interesting quotes here from Sidney Crosby. Apparently, um, him and Claude Giroux were actually, you know, um, doing <laughs> going back and forth since they were on the same conference call together. Uh, I, I, th- I found it was pretty apparently. Giroux said, you know, Jordan said, cheat so much in faceoffs, I don't miss that. And Crosby said, I was going to say the same thing about you. And then Drew said, I knew you were going to say that. That's why I said that first. So, you know, a little playful, little shit talk between them, you know, between two of the uh, our travels of each other. But, um, you know, they're just having fun, you know, I'm sure. Um, there's nothing, like, serious about it. Some people like to be like, oh, my God, it's a rivalry. But it's like, you know, it's just two guys joking around. I can't believe I actually have to um, explain that. Um, one more check up on the final poll of the overtime poll before we end this podcast. Let's see here. Halfway through the poll. Um, still, Pittsburgh, Chicago, rocking a very big advantage, 83% over 16% for the Pittsburgh, New Jersey series. So it looks like, um, as of right now, of, of this recording as we end it now, it looks like it's going to be a one versus two matchup in the Final Four to decide who goes um, to the national championship. But um, again, thank you guys so much for listening to this episode of Locked on Penguins. I'm glad I had other stuff to talk about today. I was actually concerned that I was not really going to be able to talk about anything. Um, I'm glad we got that NHL media um, group talk group call today as well. So we'll be back tomorrow with another episode. I think we're going to have probably some mailbag talk tomorrow. Please send in your questions. Um, I'm a little bit lacking with that. Um, also, we'll have the final four matchup tomorrow. So please go out and vote. And then we will have the um, we will have the national championship coming on Monday. So that is when we will talk. We will finish up the poll and potentially even make another poll. Um, after this one is done. So like I said, thank you so much for listening. Go Be sure to go vote on LO underscore Penguins for the Locked On Penguins Twitter account and for my Twitter account at Hunter Hody. So thank you so much for listening, and I'll talk to you guys tomorrow.